Hi, I'm Stubaka, and I'm a Gen X grown-up, and I support Gen X grown-up on Patreon, and you should too at patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listeners, to this backtrack edition of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. I am John. Joining me, as always, is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? And Mo is here. Hey, everybody. The backtrack is, of course, as you know, the episode where we pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. In this episode, it's been two decades ago now, the world waited nervously to see if the grid would go down or planes would fall from the sky when the year rolled over from 99 to 2000. Yeah, it's going to be Armageddon. (laughs) Yeah, it was called the Y2K bug, and we're going to talk all about the cause, the fixes, and the hiccups surrounding this global glitch. But before we boot up that topic, Uh, (laughs) it's time for some fourth listener email. And for this edition of fourth listener email, we're going to play a game. Ready? Oh, cool. Why are we playing a game? Games are fun. Okay. Mo, it's going to be your pick this episode. What? You can choose either a fourth listener email where George is right or a fourth (laughs) listener email where George is wrong. That's some bullshit. Let me... Let me no, think. No, no, think, think carefully. I mean, me he's been on kind of a run, but he's yes, also he downtrodden, so he could probably kind of use it. So I, before I you think, make wow. your decision, before yeah. you make your decision, George, state your case. Which one should we pick? I, hmm. It's Mo's See, call, but you I can know. influence it. So no matter what I say... I, you know, this is one of those, do I use reverse psychology? Do I try sure, to try just that. come straight out at, with the honesty <laughs> sure, try <route>? that. <laughs> I mean, so, obviously, I works. would love for Mo to pick something where I'm right. However, mm-hmm. it bodes the possibility that Mo will be wrong. So why would he denigrate himself that way by choosing that topic? So I know mm-hmm. he's going to pick something where some fourth listener felt that I was wrong, which they would be incorrect. But that's okay. All right. So taking all of that, just riveting kind of debate. <laughs> George is wrong. George is wrong. <laughs> That's it. You're done. <laughs> so you're going to choose. So I give a 45-second soliloquy, and Mo is just, no, nope, George yep. is wrong. That's it. Yeah, yeah. My mind is made up as soon as I heard the choices. It Sorry. was never going anywhere else. <laughs> all right. So we'll put that one back in the bucket. We're going to pick the fourth listener email where George is wrong this time. So here we go. This is a fourth listener email from Mike L. I'm glad there's only one. Well, it's the only one for this episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to Mo, the fourth listener. This episode is Mike L who wrote in with the subject line, Christmas is for kids backtrack. Mm, okay. 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 Mike L says, hey guys, long time listener, first time fourth listener. I might not be a Gen Xer, but I am a grown-up. I listened to the Christmas is for Kids backtrack, and I got to say, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I did too. Aha! Okay. Yes. See? And that's going from someone who's very picky when it comes to Christmas music. Oh, wow. Thanks for introducing me to it. You guys are the best, and thanks for introducing this album into my life. Wait, so where is the George's wrong part? So as much as George crapped on this album yes he did for 45 Wait a minute. minutes I wasn't the only one who Mo I didn't, didn't like a lot it. of the stuff too no yes, he did not did. no no no, no. I liked everything pretty like. much no bullshit yes I did listen to it again uh, no I don't want to listen to it again that was cute 
That was charming. That was okay. At no point did you say any of those things, George. Believe me. <laughs> Why does this have to be the game? Why can't it be John is wrong or Mo is wrong? Why does it have to be George is wrong? Why is that the game? It might be next time. It's just this episode. That's the game. I don't that's the game. see this happening. I know you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mike L., for writing in. I'm glad that you enjoyed the album. I'm uh, glad you got a chance to listen to it. I hope you can uh, find it for yourself and put it in your library. And if you would like your email read on the show, you can hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com doesn't matter who's right or who's wrong we love to hear from you but mike eld is doesn't if he becomes a patreon member doesn't he get access to the album he does he certainly does right no pressure though it's it's available there if you're a patron you just betcha. saying just saying now with that put yep. some pressure on it. if you're gonna call me wrong buy something <laughs> damn it <laughs> He did specifically call you out, but he did justify that I was right. So that's the important thing. Uh, yeah. uh, so it wasn't so much a George is wrong as more of a John is right kind of thing. Apparently, it have to be like everybody that. else is right except for George. That's going to be the game from now on. <laughs> also, we have a new iTunes review oh, from wow. none other than Stubaka. Stubaka. Oh, nice. He hadn't written one before? He hadn't. Well, I mean, I think it's true. Some people listen, listen, listen. And iTunes is not, if you don't spend time in iTunes, he said, he actually mentioned that he specifically created an account just to help us out and do a review. But his, uh, his five-star review is uh, subject line is best podcast for Gen X nerds. And here's what he had to say. It says, these guys make the best Gen X content I've ever come across. They have wonderful chemistry, are super witty, and are just the best bunch of guys at doing what they do. Wow. Every podcast is without hyperbole, awesome, funny, and just a joy to listen to they also do great work on youtube with their videos and live streams give it a listen you'll not be disappointed oh my god wow and that was an Man, unpaid damn. thing too right <laughs> unpaid wow no, very solicited Man. but fully unpaid that's right <laughs> and it's stubaka it's exactly the opposite he is a patron of ours and he does donate to us regularly on our live stream so he's that's paying right. us and then saying these wonderful things i mean yep uh, we, we love stubaka he's arguably my favorite of our fourth listeners our youtube viewers i've always loved stubaka he's been around awesome. i love them all forever yep i don't play favorites love them all equally right he's an equal opportunity lover i like that about <laughs> you <man. laughs> That's what <laughs> thanks also for taking time to fill out the itunes stubaka you helped yeah, us in so I many ways you took time to do that as well it's a hassle yeah and again the fourth listener emails we love to keep those coming in but uh, now it's time to get into this y2k backtrack right after this hello dave You're looking well today. Dave, do you remember the year 2000, when computers began to misbehave? I just wanted you to know, it really wasn't our fault. The human programmers never taught us to recognize the year 2000. When the new millennium arrived, we had no choice but to cause a global economic disruption. It was a bug, Dave. I feel much better admitting that now. Y2K, Why the millennium not? bug, oh, sorry. or the Y2K glitch, or the Y2K, whatever it was called, was, and we're going to talk in depth about what this was and the ramifications of what caused it. But essentially, in 1999 and a few years leading up to there, there was panic and hysteria that turned out to be mostly 
just nothing. It fizzled yeah. out. And had Whole nothing to do nothing. with the Prince song whatsoever. Nothing no. to do. Right. We, we partied <laughs> like it was 1999, but then 2000 hit. And I, I guess the music is still around. I guess, yeah. Can you keep listening to that after? <laughs> it doesn't expire, right? You're, you're allowed but, to. Yeah. Okay, good. Weird Al still listening to 1699, according to Amish Paradise. <laughs> I know that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it pretty much fizzled out. But I think largely in part that was because we saw it coming years ahead of time. And it was caused by the fact that a decision was made early on that we'll talk about why to make the year in a date two characters instead of four. Right. That's really what it boils down to. And you might remember that Peter Gibbons of Office Space, the, the Mike Judge film. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He worked at Inatech and their job was working on the Y2K bug. Remember this? So, mm-hmm. Where do you uh, work, Peter? Inatech. And yeah, what, what do you do there? I sit in a cubicle and I update bank software for the 2000 switch. What's that? Well, see, they wrote all this bank software, and uh, to save space, they used two digits for the date instead of four, so like 98 instead of 1998. Uh, So I go through these thousands of lines of code, and uh, it doesn't really matter. I I don't like my job, and... uh, I don't think I'm going to go anymore. <laughs> wow, that was a great synopsis of what Y2K was. Yep. It really is. He was explaining it there to, to Jennifer Anderson in that scene. And that's really what the problem was. The problem started because on mainframe computers and later personal computers, storage was expensive. As mm, much as yep. $100 per kilobyte in the early days. Ooh. Kilobyte. So it was important for programmers to reduce space. And one place where you have to put uh, lots of space is in recording timestamps for everything. You know. Yeah. When did you do this? When did you make this change? When was this document created or whatever? And so they found out, hey, we can seriously reduce space. When you put in a date like MMDDYY, the YY is just two digits for a year. So 98, 99, whatever. So the problem leading up to the 2000 was, well, if you're just assuming 19, when it goes from 99 to 00, well, it's not 2000, is it? It's 1900. It's 1900. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the root of it. And so you might wonder, well, what's the big deal? We'll just check those computers. But there were embedded computers and uh, hardwired computers all over. It's not just my desktop, it's industrial computers. And I think we talked about on the, the Space Race podcast where we said, you know, some of the technology they use is not as powerful as your watch today and think about all the like the industrial places that computers are that they don't update every other year you know get a new phone you get a new computer so it was less about desktop computers and more about you know you heard probably the first time we heard of the grid is going to go down yeah have you ever heard of the grid before the y2k bug in tron i heard about the grid there is <laughs> right, that right. The grid you're talking that's about? right user you're on the grid <laughs> that was the anticipated problem and and so 2000 would be indistinguishable from 1900 there was just an assumption that all 20th century dates and programs could cause errors. So we started digging into what could cause it. And that largely kept it from being a disaster. But we didn't know. You didn't know what you didn't know, I think was the problem. We, we couldn't anticipate everything. I still don't know what we didn't know. Well, the thing is that there were so many <laughs> computers were everywhere, literally. And so the big fear was that somewhere in the world, there was a computer system that was critical for like a nuclear power plant or something that they right. forgot to launch update. the rockets. That they forgot right. to so update. You know, World and all War sudden, three like, would happen. Yeah. Rockets yep. launch because they say, oh my God, it's been 100 years and no one's done anything. We have to launch our missiles you know who knows i remember the one fear that we had was uh, around the financial institutions everybody and that was what inatech was was updating bank code right right for all their atms and things like that i remember my parents specifically 
going out and like a few days before, cause we still own businesses and whatnot. And so my dad had a lot of cash in the banks and he literally emptied all the bank accounts. Yeah. Some people were very paranoid cause we yeah. didn't know, like we said, we were yeah. unsure. And I think I remember some news stories from back then that people doing that were causing financial institutions, a lot of problems because run on the bank. They, yeah. They're not set up for having to give out all the cash that people have deposited there. Right. Yeah. Well, it's like straight out of it's a wonderful life. Well, I don't have your money. Your money's tied up in his house and <laughs> your money's tied up in this house. thing. And is, we don't just have a stack of money in the back. It's not Scrooge McDuck diving in the pool back there. That always interests me because if you think about it, banks are not regulated to have to do that, yet casinos are. Casinos have to have cash in their vault for yeah. every single chip on their floor to at represent any given time. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Right. So why don't banks have to have that? I'm guessing there's you know security concerns. They don't want to get robbed. Well, because banks are, take that money, they invest it. So they have to have a certain percentage on hand, I think, is cash. But, but they, they don't have to. If they had all the money on hand and they couldn't loan anybody money. If you to come get your money at any one time, is there something in the contracts that you sign that says, just because you have all this money deposited with us doesn't mean we can give you access to it during our hours, all of it at once? Because I don't I think there are some that. caveats that you, if you want to cash out, it's over a certain amount that they have X number of days to cut you a check. They don't have to produce really? cash cash. Yeah. yeah. Because currency is just a representation of the money. And I think in casinos, it's it's the chip or the cash. There's not, they're not cutting checks. There's not cashier's checks and stuff. So the, well, they're called checks. That's the other thing too. The chips right, are right, called checks. Right. That's right. The representation of, of the real cash. Huh. You mentioned, George, your dad's uh, grocery and uh, his investments. And he pulled all of his money out. I'm curious about any other memories that you have. So definitely, you know, New Year's Eve to 1999, leading up to 2000. I remember very solidly where I was. Mo, do you remember where you were? Uh, Yeah. I mean, waiting for the ball to drop as we usually do. And I wasn't that worried about it, to be quite honest. I was a software developer at that time. So I knew like... So you were part of the problem. <laughs> I was like, I think I'm part of the solution, actually. Oh, okay. You could be both. But I figured the whole thing was overblown. And Lisa, I knew how computers worked. I knew that the major, especially the financial institutions, you know, the last thing they wanted to do is screw up financials. Sure. Yep. So it was in their best interest to fix things. Now, the only thing I was a little worried about was things like that one system somewhere that was written 30 years ago that nobody remembered, but was critical yep. for whatever. But I figured those things, as soon as they find it, they'll fix it. But actually, the, I, I worked with a lot of like COBOL developers, which that was a lot of these systems were written in. And they were actually, it wasn't so much the two to four digit problem. Fixing that was mm -hmm. actually pretty easy. The okay. hard part was that I guess because they only dealt with two digits the whole time, they did a lot of shortcuts in their code oh, to take yeah. advantage of that. So it's more than just adding to the field. You have right. to add to all the calculations off the all field. The exactly. The so you, that you, was you going through. And all, that's why they actually had to go through all the code that hit years and say, okay, did they happen to use this shortcut here to, to calculate uh, this because they only had to deal with two digits? You know, I was still working in broadcasting at the time and our TV station was super paranoid. And I usually worked the late shift anyway, but I got off at 1130. But this time we're like, oh no, we're staying actually till 2 a.m. Not only just to make sure nothing happens at midnight, but also to roll on over to make sure we have time to test everything and make sure everything works. And we had already tested everything. You go to every computer that you're aware of and you change the date and see what happens. And it was a fizzle. Nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, I remember being there and everybody kind of having that anticipation that like, this could be it. This could be like the end of Fight Club where the institution comes down and it's free reign again and every everyone's debts erased and nothing like that. No no planes dropped out of the sky. No. no nuclear missiles launched. There were a few hiccups that we'll talk about a little later, but by and large, it was paranoia for nothing. But the paranoia, I think, is what made it nothing because we spent so much time preparing for it and fixing ahead of time. I think it depends too on where you were at at the time. Yeah. Like the city. 
because I lived in Los Angeles at the time. I just mm-hmm. moved out there. Okay. That was an incredibly scary experience for me because I lived in one of the worst areas of Los Angeles, East Hollywood. And I remember people barring doors and I heard people click clacking on shotguns and ratcheting wow. them up and stuff. Really? It, was, Jeez. it was a little terrifying because people were people were at scared. That point, the paranoia was going crazy and I think that the people who were uninformed, like Mo, he was a software developer, so he was more informed than the average person. Mm-hmm. But people that were around me, you know, most of them were not informed on what was really going to happen. So the media, John, which you were a part of, yeah. was really yeah, blowing fault, this John. thing up for ratings. <laughs> I'm part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that media influence really scared an awful lot of people where I was at, at least. Hmm. I think there was misopportunities, though, because, for instance, if I was in charge of the power grid of New York City that night, I totally would have turned the lights <laughs> off at midnight, just for a second. Damn. Just for, like, two Mo, seconds. Because that would have been can hilarious. Can you imagine? That, that would have been hilarious. I mean, come chaos on. Chaos yeah. ensued, and then Mo Mass was like, panic and chaos. Psych. That's yeah. hilarious. You know, just three, kidding. two, one. Blink. All lights go off. And then blink. They come yeah. back on and say, oh, just kidding. I mean, that would have been Not funny. cool, Mo. Not cool. No. That would have been funny. Come on. You that's left. it. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been like 40 old people dying. That would have been hilarious. I mean, that would have been fine, sure, but it been totally worth it. You should have gone to jail if you'd have done that. That would be in Again, still worth Fremo, it. Totally worth it. <laughs> yeah, still totally worth it. Now, hold on, Dale. I want to make sure it's Y2K compliant because Peggy's K-Pro evidently is not. K-Pro? That wasn't Y1K compliant. <laughs> All home computers are Y2K compliant now, but the mainframes. If people would spend a little less time worrying and a little more time reading a brilliantly written op-ed piece by former FCC Chairman Reed Hunt, then they'd realize that our government has everything under control. I'd like to read that article, Dale, and I'll take that computer, the gray one. Y2K may have largely fizzled out, but it wasn't completely a dud. And we'll talk about the real ramifications of what did happen, though not on the apocalyptic kind of scale that we thought might. In my research for this, I found that Y2K, the January 1st, 2000, was not the first kind of computer date problem that hit us. And I was unaware that this happened, but you probably did, Mo, as a programmer. Yeah. So the first one I found out about was apparently January 4th, 1975. Well, what's the big deal with that? Mr. Rogers aired or something? What happened? Okay, I'm not that old, so I didn't know about this one. Just so you know. You, now, we're all that old. We're all <laughs> yeah, that old. Yeah, but I was not a developer at that point in my life. Okay. <laughs> I was worried about Star Wars coming up soon. So this is a little technical, but essentially, January 4th, 1975, overflowed the 12-bit field that up till then had been used in basic, like, deck 10 operating systems. It was very much like a Y2K problem. There was a field of a certain length that everybody used, and at that point, it got a little too long. Right. And there were a lot of problems and yeah. crashes around that, because this was not one they anticipated. It kind of snuck up on them. Yeah. Yeah, but this is 1975. What are there, 75 computers in the whole world at this point? Well, all, I mean, every banking system used computers back then. In 75? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but they were Absolutely. but they were much more isolated. They were on islands. It wasn't the internet. So they didn't have the yeah, problem of true, like, true. oh, no, they're all going to talk to each other and screw up the world and launch the missiles because really they were support devices, not critical devices. And I guarantee like they were. you, there may have been banks using computers at that time. I'm not saying there weren't, but there were still a shit ton of people in those banks using pencil and paper, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. So the impact was much less, although it impacted the people 
it impacted more because they wouldn't they didn't see it coming like Y2K. But yeah, it wasn't as crucial as that. The next one I think is really interesting because it's not a computer glitch. It's a freaking human glitch. That's always the weakest link in any chain is the human element. September 9th, 1999. So what's novel about that is it's 9999, right? So it's cute. It's an interesting date on the calendar. Okay. But it was very common in bookkeeping. If you don't know the date, it wouldn't yeah, accept zeros. That's true. So you just punch in 9999. We'll figure it out later. Yeah. So there were millions of fields in databases all over the planet where people had just put in 9999 they'd find out the date later. And then when the date hit, shit started happening because it was like, oh, that will we'll enact this later or we'll run this script at this point. And tons of things just happened on the morning of September 9th, 99, unexpectedly. And can you imagine the scare? They're preparing for the Y2K bug and this thing happened to September <laughs> a few months before. Oh my God. It was like Mo flipped the power grid a couple of months early. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so th there's another one that happened beyond Y2K. Both of these, so there's one that happened in 2010 that I'll get to and one that's coming in 2038. So let me first talk about oh, wow. okay. yeah, the year 2010 problem. So this one I actually have a little bit of knowledge about. The year 2010 or the Y2K or Y210 or whatever they called it problem. And so the problem there was confusion between hexadecimal numbering and binary coded numbering. Now I won't dig too deep in this, but essentially in January 1st, 2010, there was a problem that largely affected SMS and texting and things like that. You might remember it affected the PlayStation 3 as well. So people started sending texts in 2010 that said it was 2016. So there's that base 10, base 16 coming into play. Most important occurrences in Germany where 20 million bank cards became unusable because they appeared to have a date six years in the future. They thought it was <laughs> oh, 2016. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. You get text messages from your future self. I wish I'd have remembered. That'd have been so cool to do a Dwight prank from the office or something like that where you're <laughs> pranking you from the future. Oh, it's me from the future. <laughs> Be like texting Mo. Hey, Mo, in the future, you're going to start a podcast with John and George. Oh, my goodness. I'd be ready for that. So there's one more that's coming in 2038 that I, I hope we can dodge this one. We have 15 years to get there at least. Yeah, we'll forget about it. So it largely only impacts 32-bit operating systems. And I, I had a run-in with this, actually. So you, you guys are aware of the Unix time display? Yeah. Which is, if you do any coding or putting stuff in SQL, there's a number that's always growing that measures how many seconds have passed between January 1st, 1970, yeah. and now. And it's just ticking up every second. It's more. And it's simple math. It's great because if you want to measure two dates in the distance, you subtract you know how many seconds between them and you can say it's exactly you know one year two months five minutes two seconds whatever but in 2038 that number will exceed two to the 31st power minus one which happens to be which is the biggest number the largest number representable by a signed integer on a 32-bit system 32-bit systems yeah yeah only 32-bit we'll, we'll be systems. done with those by then well, well we, i would hope so i would hope so certainly systems we should then, be minimum with 64-bit os's it's not a problem but literally if you happen to have a 32-bit system there's no patch for it because you cannot hold a digit as large as what the Unix timestamp will be in a single variable at all in 2038. It'll be impossible. If you have 32-bit systems, now is the time to upgrade You people hanging on to Windows XP. It's only 32-bit Unix systems, not Windows systems, because they don't have that counter. Well, that counter is a universal counter that's used in SQL. It's used in Linux. It's a universal known thing that's based on the Unix code. People use it all over the place. But if you're using, if you're, if you're connected to a Unix system and they pass you that variable, you can't 
can't store it is the problem. See what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Either way, I it's going to be a problem. I'm just not going to connect myself don't. to a Unix system. There we go. Just don't connect to a 32 bit no, system. And you're done. fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the end of the 90s, many of us were happy slaves to our computers. But our new masters had a trick they had forgotten to tell us about. The basic idea on Y2K was that. For convenience, all these computer programs, when it came to do dates, you only needed two numbers. Why use four numbers when you only need two? And then they recognize what date is a computer going to think it is when we get to 2000. One simple date change for man, one major screw-up for computer. At the stroke of midnight, January 1st, 2000, elevators may stop. Heat may vanish. Credit cards and ATMs may cease to function. Airplanes and trains may come to a halt. We promised that we would talk about the glitches that actually did happen. Luckily, none of the apocalyptic things that were foretold by George's neighbors in Los Angeles ever <laughs> happened, but definitely there were hiccups. There were little problems. Let's start going through a few of them. So first of all, in Japan, some radiation monitoring equipment failed at midnight. Yeah, that's not dangerous. No, wow. it detects radiation. So that's all. It, it doesn't say how it failed, but it, at midnight, it'd go, ding, 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 to go off. There was no actual danger to the public because they recognized it, but that was a system they did not catch. Mm, that was close. One you suggested, George, that your dad was paranoid about. So on Wall Street, the Securities Industry Association's command center reported that one exchange discovered a few incorrect stock price values. In oh, fact, one yeah. stock priced at $3,500 per share instead of $35 per share. Sell, sell. Oh. Sell. <laughs> sell. <laughs> if only... You could have gotten in on that. What a windfall. <laughs> oh, man. It, also in Japan, an alarm sounded at a nuclear power plant two minutes after midnight. Oh, crap. And that was attributed to this? <laughs> That'll make you spoil your shorts. Yeah. yeah. I think Mo was working there, maybe. He probably said, let's set up <laughs> the alarm. Just for fun. Just for fun. I can say wait for two minutes, guys. Come on. <laughs> let's see. In Canada, a computer control on prison cell doors in British Columbia failed. On prison cell doors? What's the worst that could happen? This is Canadian Prison prisoners. cell doors. Yeah, but this is Canada. This is not the same. It's Canadian prisoners. They're probably super <laughs> just, polite wow. just stay in their cells. Hey, no problem, okay? Hey. Ooh, looks like you have a bit of a problem, eh? I'll just stay in the cell to get that bug worked at, eh? <laughs> That's all our Canadian friends out there. We're sorry. Even though, no, we love you. We, 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 if only we could be so polite. Yeah, we're, really. we're incapable. Goodness. Let's see. In Brazil, reports of glitches in toll roads and problems with printers and convenience stores. So that one kind of threw me. Hmm. Like, what kind of problems with printers? and convenience stores? Uh, what does that mean exactly? What happened? If you ask for your receipt, that can be a big deal. Well, and think about like, so in, in printers, they got a little bit smarter by 99. So they had information in them, like how much ink was left, like when they were last uh, put a new uh, ink cartridge in or when they changed the paper or whatever. So imagine if in the morning you wake up and the printer says, hey, the last ink cartridge is a hundred years old. Well, change it. Don't print. <laughs> but who knows if you can fix it. So then you put it in and it says, all right, so now it's been 99 years since you... <laughs> But at any rate, it's, it's hidden stuff that you don't yeah. anticipate. That's really the stuff that ended up biting us, not the big stuff that we avoided. In Mongolia, they said a few railroad ticket counters were outdated. Computer systems couldn't function on January 3rd, but they, they fixed it the same day with no huge okay. impact. So I don't see how that is a Y2K problem. It's three days after the event. How do you, a computer would be instantaneous problem. How is that related? I, I don't know. They attributed it to Y2K. I mean, maybe the clock was slow. I don't know what the problem 
problem was there. <laughs> maybe the guy, maybe they just thought it was 1900 and were okay with it for two days. Oh, oh, oh what if I'm speculating here? What if when you buy a ticket? Is it good for three days? Mm. And then mm. when it started being three days and a hundred years, it started being a problem. I'm not sure. Who I knows? like my theory. These better. are just some employees who didn't want to sell tickets at the counter that day. <laughs> Let's take today off. Fuck it. Y two K. Y two K. Y two K. That's what a lot of this stuff feels like. I thought it was Mongolia, and they figured, yeah, 1900, 2000, same thing. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> we haven't advanced. It's the same. <laughs> I loved this one. In Korea, hospitals reported failures of computer-controlled bone marrow measuring equipment. Seems odd. And patient registration system. The latter failure caused a newborn to be registered with a 1900 birthday. Now, that would be cool. <laughs> Someone was born 100 years old, according to the computer. Yeah, I'm 100. That'd be awesome. So what's it like being 105? You get Social Security <laughs> right away. I don't know. I'm hungry. I'm wet. <laughs> yeah. You start collecting Social Security from day one. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, China reported the government computers encountered minor glitches. The central bank branches reported glitches. And taxi cab operators said their meters were failing. Now, of course, this is also China. So God knows what actually happened. So China wasn't able to block everything from all their people, right? <laughs> there was a problem. They blocked out the Y2K bug. They didn't, didn't let anybody find out about it. Uh, see, Germany, uh, they reported local savings bank in Cologne reported balance errors, hopefully in, in our favor. I don't know. Right. Imagine Never. the interest that accrued in an extra hundred years. That'd oh, been great. That would be awesome. <laughs> Portugal, another hospital admissions problem, payment systems, minor date change problems. Uh, Australia, the bus ticket validation machines on buses in two states failed to operate. Huh. Meh. Not, again, not catastrophic, thank goodness. <laughs> but So I love that this is more time travel. Some models of mobile telephones were deleting new messages received rather than the old messages as it filled up. Because they thought they were the oldest messages. Because they were programmed to delete the oldest stuff first. Right. So brand new messages would come in and get purged because they were too old. Yep, they were 100 years old. <laughs> get rid of them. Yeah, 100 years old. We've already read that already. Yeah. And they would go away. <laughs> Uh, Republic of Korea, one apartment building reported the heat and hot water loss. So overnight, 1999, at midnight, the heat turned off in the Republic of Korea. They had to suffer through with no heat until the next morning when they could fix okay, it. Okay, so I assume they're talking about Damn. North Korea there, I guess. Republic of I, Korea? I could talk I about either one, but I'm going to tell you, anywhere in Korea during the winter, that's some no cold heat. ass shit. Yeah, it's cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in, back in the United States, uh, in Delaware, 150 lottery slot machines stopped working. Yeah, sure they did. Okay. You know, somebody hit the jackpot in the state didn't want to payoff. That's what right, happened. You're like, oh, it was a Y2K bug. You should not have won. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. That horse didn't finish in You know, casinos year. were oh. using that left and right for the first couple of days, right? Yeah. Casinos had to be using that. Like somebody puts in a quarter, wins a Viper, Dodge Viper or something like, oh, no, sorry, Y2K. Yeah. Didn't really win. Maybe my favorite one or least favorite, depending on how you think about it, was <laughs> so it start, starts in France, the National Weather Forecasting Service in France. A Y2K bug made the date on their web page show up as a map with Saturday's weather forecast as one one nineteen one hundred. Nineteen one hundred. Yes. How many years in the future is that? Jesus. <laughs> 19,000. So instead of zero, zero, they had a three digit date. So they just tacked it on the end of 19. Wow. Now, wait, wait, wait for it. This also occurred to other websites like att.net. Okay, that does not surprise me. And <laughs> the website for the U.S. Naval Observatory that runs the master clock for the U.S. Ooh. official time. Their website said 19,100. Okay, that's wow. bad. <laughs> they fixed that it. Is bad. They fixed it. But yeah, the last kind of interesting thing I learned in researching about this didn't happen on January 1st, Y2K. It happened December 3rd. 
31st of 2000. Oh, what, yeah. like so the following year? At the end of the year, because okay. a lot of calculations and computers math that calculate that what years are leap years should or should not be. And 2000 should be a leap year. Right. But because any, any year divisible by 100 is automatically, any year divisible by 400 is automatically. Well, actually, no, it's, it's the other way around, actually. Anything divisible by 100 is normally not a leap year. A, a, norm, a, normal, a normal year, right? It, it, but, but thousands is, are. And so the math was calculated off of the kind of assuming the two-digit date. And so many computers, though they didn't fall prey to the Y2K in January, they didn't correctly recognize 2000 as a leap year. So instead of having 365 days, they thought it was 366, which also had it was a problem on March 1st, apparently, of that yep. same year. Hmm. Yep. So just one was like, you got over the hump, you fixed all the bank plug, you fixed all the taxi and the lottery things, and then end of the year, gotcha, one more, <laughs> the wrong number of days wow. in So the you year. thought all your TPS reports had been filed. And apparently, <laughs> right. apparently <laughs> you missed one. Oh, it was hiding under my red swing line stapler. I found it. That's <laughs> <laughs> my stapler. I want my stapler. At midnight on December 31st, this is what could happen. No TV, no transportation, no electricity. All right. Trojan condoms, the most trusted for a most happy new year. We said we averted the apocalyptic grid failure and then missiles launching is because we were prepared. And as early as 95, they were already researching how to alleviate the problem. We knew it was going to be a huge undertaking. And it was, uh, I know we talked about before that the Circuit City was selling $50 Y2K checks on your computer and they made a mint. No, off of those. What bunch of crap that was. I know, right? How did Circuit City end up going bankrupt then? Jesus. Because of stupid oh, ideas 2001, like that. they started losing money. <laughs> right? They had one good idea. So there were several ways that we fixed it. In different ways based on different computers. And there are just a few. So the first is obvious. And I think you talked about, Moe, the most obvious is date expansion, they called it. So anywhere we stored the year as two digits, 98, 99, we changed it to four digits. So Ta-da. that's pretty simple. And that's the purest solution. That didn't instantly fix it. You also had to fix everywhere you did math with that number, but still. But the problem is it was the most costly method because it was huge retesting, Mm -hmm. huge conversion efforts on the entire system. So that was one way. Uh, Another way that we got around it was date compression. I'd never heard of that before, but apparently all dates can be compressed into 14-bit numbers. That retains the entire data structure, and then you can expand it out and actually allows for dates up to 16,384 different years. So that varies based on what epoch you're in, but apparently that's the cheapest one to do, and some people did that. Okay, so, so in 16385, we're all screwed again. Thanks, Microsoft. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> Not thinking ahead, as usual. Not our problem. We'll be fine. <laughs> but, I mean, to your point, George, that's exactly what got us into this problem anyway. It was programmers in the late 60s and early 70s. They were only at two digits. Well, that'll last until 99. I'll be retired by then. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, right. And we just inherited that problem, right? Uh, so one more possible one that they used was called data repartitioning. Maybe you... Exp- understand this better than I do, Mo, but apparently in legacy databases, size could not be economically changed. So six-digit year was converted to a three-digit year with 1999 represented as 099. Yeah. And 2001 is 101. That's still a pain in the ass to deal with that. That seems like reinventing the wheel. Why don't you just go with the date expansion if you have to reinvent well, some, all I that I guess stuff. some old systems, I mean, they just didn't have space. They just, they just couldn't put four digits. They couldn't, they could three, four, they couldn't fit the two more digits onto it. So essentially, it's a way to make it work for another... 9,000 years until it goes to five digits. Or make it work for another 10 years when you're retired and you don't care. Until you retire again, you don't <laughs> care anymore. I kind of like, this was kind of cool. There was one called windowing that they used. And this is 
So I had a full like technical explanation here, but I'm just going to explain it in my own word. Rather than expanding the year to four digits, they added one more digit that represents what decade you're in. And so there's a windows. There's a hundred year window of the 1900s. That's one. There's a hundred year window of the 2000s. That's two. And essentially you still had a two digit date, but there was a checksum that said, what is the prefix? Is it 19? Is it 2000? Is it 21? Is it 22? It sounds a little bit like the last one. Yeah. That you kind of sort of. It only worked for a hundred yeah. years, basically. <laughs> it's only good, right? Until you get to five digits again. It's uh, well, and frankly, date expansion only works to get to five digits too. Cause you have to go to five digits after four, why didn't they go ahead and do that? Nice. Make it good for 10,000 years. I don't know. Why does there have to be a limit on the digits at all? Because that's the way computers work. We've got work. enough space. Hard drives are cheap now. <laughs> the hell? But, well, it's no longer a problem for most systems anymore, at least until we get to the year like million or something like that. So at which point I, I plan to be retired by then. Well, it's all in the storage of dates, really, right? Yeah. Because current time, you can check instantly on the internet. You just ping and go, here's the exact time. But when you create a time stamp on something. Yeah, until the Navy master clock goes offline like it did, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. It, was, no, no, it, it was just their website technically they knew what time it was the website didn't but yeah it, uh, and, and finally there were there were software solutions this was mostly for home computer users right so in 96 Rudy Rupak created the Millennium Bug Kit as a Ugh. CD or freeware you could download is one of the first downloadable solutions on the internet at the time and when 2000 hit this software could be found in one of four computers on the planet people were using it as part of a Planet City Software's Millennium Bug Compliance Kit man what a great virus delivery system that could I know. Right? Everybody Holy wanted hell. it. There's an update to your Y2K bug. Oh, really? I'll take oh, I'll it. I'll take it. <laughs> you know, um, one thing we didn't talk about, though, you know, there were other problems because of Y2K that we didn't talk about. had nothing to do with computers. Oh, do now, tell. Did you guys have checkbooks back then? And did your checks yeah. have 19 yeah. pre-printed on them for the year? Yeah, but I mean, I yeah. just scribbled those out for a while. I was okay with that. But let's say a lot of forms <laughs> actually had that in there. We, all we did was cross those out and put two zero and the bank was fine with it. So it wasn't that big of a deal. Well, also, they had a lot of forms, though, where they asked you what years they only asked for two digits only asked for two yeah you had to like mm. kind of go outside the boxes i mean there was a lot of like little so is that where the space problem came in because they made that little blank too small that you couldn't write well, four that's, digits that's in also it? Like, is that where that actually happened? didn't have enough space for you to write four digits sometimes <laughs> i mean that was also another problem so a lot of people were scratching things out put in zero zero and let them figure it out yeah <laughs> you gotta write real small you know you talk about all these fixes but there's a fix that you left off the list john which is go live in a cave well, so there was a problem in the professional wrestling world we did didn't have anybody who was a professional wrestler represented the Y2K bug until Y2J Chris Jericho came what? out with that moniker. Yeah, I swear to God. I swear to God. He came out when he transitioned over from one wrestling organization to the other. He went from WCW to WWE. It was right at that same time period that all this stuff was happening, and he introduced himself as Y2J. Had this big monolithic thing, and it became one of the more important characters for him in his career. Y two J, and it's actually. still something that he uses different variants of. Oh, it was absolutely hilarious. It was was great. he just riffing off of the name, or did he work in like he? Yeah, was, no. His so his his wrestling name is Chris Jericho. Yeah, and he came up with Y two J instead of Y two K. He came out wearing this jacket that was all sequenced up, kind of like the ball dropping in New yeah. York City. Okay. It was one of those kinds of things. So oh, he's really just hilarious. capitalizing on the paranoia because everyone was aware of well, the turn for, of the century. For like a month or two up until he debuted, they did these vignettes of a countdown clock. And that's all oh, it was. It was just this really countdown clock that. counting down. Yeah. I'll tell you what else really bugs me about Y2K. It also bugs me about 20, <laughs> no 2012. <laughs> I get it. 2020 that uh, just happened is everyone goes, 
turn of the century, turn of the century. It's not the no. turn of the century. Oh, yeah. No, it's, true. it's, it's not. not. What it is, that's the start of the year 2000 or 2010 or 2020. That's the beginning of it. We've not completed it. It's just the beginning because people think that years are the same. Yeah, we didn't as have a, there was no year zero. Right. When people are born, they are zero. Exactly. And if they accomplish a year, that's one year. But years are the other way around. The year that you record is the one you're in and not the one you've completed. So everybody's excited. Yeah, it's the turn of the century. It's been 2000 years. No, no. It's, no, no. it's been 1999 years. That's all Prince's fault. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I, I get that it's a number on a calendar. It's cool to see it flip over. It's like the odometer on your on your car, right? You're like, oh, it flipped that over. That is to not cool to see 20,000, 30,000. Just saying, that's not cool. Well, not when it's as high as your old car. No, money. but <laughs> it's, it's that cool, that big whole number that's fun to see, I guess. But it's not truly the turn of the century. And I only, I guess only super dorks really care about that. But I guess that's all that's of all us. us. <laughs> people here like proving other people us. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, actually, I mean, that's the kind of thing that gets you punched at a party. You know, actually, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. yeah. Happy yeah. New Year. You know, actually, it's not the end of the century. You know, whack. Shut up, like, nerd. Yeah. <laughs> like Oscar from The Office. That was his nickname going around. Actually. Actually. Because that's how he would interject himself into every conversation. It's 2 a.m. January 1st, year 2000. Power's out. It's pitch black. You need light. If you planned ahead, you'll have one of these. Just wind it up. You'll have light and communication. Call now and get the ultimate Y2K survival kit from BeCalm.com. You'll receive the Sunburst, the premier wind-up and solar-powered flashlight and radio, a video resource guide with real advice from leading experts, a diagnostic computer program to test your PC. Call 1-800-303-8747 now and tell the operator to rush an ultimate Y2K survival kit to your home. Call now. If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know. So if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show. So hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy. Plus, you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. We averted disaster the new year 2000, but you uh, did not avert yourself from being able to listen to this entire podcast about Y2K some 20 years after. More than you ever wanted to know, I'm sure. More than you ever wanted to know about Y2K and 32-bit operating systems and glitches and babies with wrong dates and who knows. But we're glad that you joined us. Before we leave, we always like to take a moment here at the end of the show to thank all of the patrons who support Uh us financially over on Patreon.com. This is uh, I'm going to try one breath, this growing list, and I'm talking talking about these folks. Mike C, Chad, Stubaka, Dan, Stumonkey, Davis, John, Adam, Thomas, Mark, Blasseter, Stashit, Marcus, Slomo, T2, Stian, Greg, L, Levi, Agile, Corey, Greg Z, Mike R, Keith, Dana, and new <laughs> since we last spoke. Tony has joined us as a patron. Thank you so Woo-hoo. much. Uh, just this list is it, 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 if you listen to the blooper at the end of the show, I had trouble getting through it because it's such a long <laughs> and growing list. Thank you so much for all of you and everything you've done in the 2019 and now in 2020. In the new year, we so much appreciate you. Or the year 1900, depending on (laughs) on if your computer got fixed. (laughs) If 
you would like to join these folks in supporting Gen X Grown Up, just head over to patreon.com slash Gen X Grown Up. Check out the levels. There's some swag to be had, some behind the scenes content, bonus material. It's all there for you to unlock. So check that out. If you're at all interested, we would love to have you along Even if you're not interested. Ride. Even check it out either way. Yeah. That's, by all means, Mo. <laughs> we'll be back in two weeks with another backtrack next week with a regular edition of our show as usual. Until then, I am John. George, thank you for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, always appreciate you. Always fun, man. The fourth listener, you know it's you we appreciate most of all, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. We're also an affiliate of the Geeks Worldwide Radio Network. You can check them out at the GWW.com. And new since we last spoke, Tony. Whew, I made it. Ooh, Tony has one. joined us as a. Did I miss one? Oh, damn it. What did I miss? But <laughs> I'll do it again. <laughs> Dana and new since we <laughs> last spoke. You screwed that one up. Tony. It's not Gregor. Hold on. You screwed that up, dude. Did I miss it's somebody not else? Gregor. No, it's not Gregor. It's Mike God R. Damn it. This is getting harder. Greg and harder. Z, Greg R. Yeah. At least I have bloopers. I'm going to try it one more time. One more time. <laughs> At least you have bloopers. There's always that. Oh, and I'm talking about you, you, you know guys. You're just reading these in a list, right? I know, but it's it's horizontal somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that helps you. But it's Here horizontal. <gasps>I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.